Hello and welcome to Off Their Shelf Reviews. I really wish they'd left well enough alone. And I'm Gary, and today we're going to review and discuss Spiral from the Book of Saw, released in 2021 from writers Josh Stolberg and Pete Goldfinger and directed by Darren Lynn Bowsman. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, a new killer has emerged in the metropolitan city which is being policed by Chris Rock and his department. Chris Rock plays Detective Zeke Banks, and as he goes around the city coming across more of his cop partners being killed off, we realise that there is a new jigsaw in town putting all these cops into traps, and Zeke may just realise that he is closer to the case than he realises. Jigsaw copycat. That could be difficult. So the previous writers from uh, Jigsaw mm. were going ahead at some point with the ninth Saw instalment. Okay, yeah. But somewhere along the line, they got a phone call from a producer going, Hey, Chris Rock was on the phone. He's got a, he wants to pitch an idea for a new Saw movie. So uh, we've given him your number, so expect a call from Chris Rock. Chris Rock called up the, the writers and was like, Hey guys, uh, I really like Saw movies. I got this idea about uh, a police officer who, uh, who wakes up and uh, he's handcuffed to a pipe and uh, he's got a saw and what does he do? And they were like, uh, well, it kind of sounds like the first one, Chris. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll work with you and uh, we'll see, see what we can come up with. And the studio yeah. was like, Chris Rock wants to, he likes Saw. Let's, let's give him a writer's credit so he can come in and actually ghostwrite the entire script to punch it up or improvise and make Chris Rockisms. You got a problem with that? You know what? <laughs> also, also, let's make him the producer of the movie as mm, well, because mm. then he can actually, you know, Put he has some power it. over his decisions he makes. You know what? Let's also make him the star of the movie wow. as well. Yeah. Uh, so then we can, like, we've got a celebrity. We've got Chris Rock. You know what? And then we can get Samuel Jackson and we can get lots of other famous faces. And, oh, and by the way, uh, Darren Lynn Bowsman, um, you're not making a Saw movie. You're making a, a spiral movie, but uh, you can't have Jigsaw. You can't have Billy. Uh, you can have the spiral, and you, you, can, you can have the music. Go. Jigsaw? Wait, I thought the Jigsaw killer was dead. Yeah, but if it's another copycat, it's going to be a shit show. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what we're left with is a film that wants to be Saw, but can't be. It tries to be. And fails at it. Yeah. And it just becomes like a weird experiment. Now, the problems for this director... Of course, he directed some previous Saw movies. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He had some sway with the rest of the crew making it. But uh, apparently, Samuel Jackson was just like, nah. You know, Darren Lynn Bellsman came over and gave him some direction. Samuel Jackson just went, nah. Yeah. I he, think I'll do it my way. You can kind of tell that from his performance in this movie. Yeah. He's just like, you know, I don't know who you are. <laughs> So I'm, I'm fucking Nick Fury. I'm Samuel <laughs> Jackson. Nobody fucking tells me what to say, motherfucker. Yeah. I fucking write my own motherfucking <laughs> script. Now apparently, uh, like Darren M like was like, okay, okay, okay. And apparently, somebody told him, oh, Samuel Jackson does this with all new directors just to test their metal to ah, see whether they can, you push know, him. actually push him or direct him. And I was like, that's still a very shitty thing to do. Well, in fairness, the guy's been going up against Tarantino for a number of years, so he knows a good director. Yeah, he's just been assigned to star in a horror movie with some director you know yeah it's just come off the back of avengers as well so, <laughs> so i like i want to hate on samuel jackson but that motherfucker knows what he's talking about when it comes to acting yeah <laughs> well it's a shame he couldn't you know put some of that onto chris rock in this yeah, film yeah. Uh, but i just want to go back to the director who also had more nightmares more so than any of the other films mm. where uh this 
this film had to be submitted to the MPAA like 11 times. And wow. they kept turning around and going, take a frame off there. Take two frames off of there. Take that bit out. Take that bit out. And every time oh, they resubmitted it, right. they just went, no, we're giving you an X rating, X rating, X rating. Until the director was like, fine, I'll gonna pout this trap, this death scene, that gory moment, that gory moment. And then the studio, the MPA finally went, yeah, okay. And I secretly believe that the MPAA just watched this film and went, it is so awful. We're just going to mess with you and just keep saying no, no, no. And the problems for the director didn't stop there. Like <laughs> the opening of this film, they got permission apparently to right. film at this this fair. Right, the right. Fireworks yeah, going yeah, off, yeah. all these extras, but yeah. they're not extras. They're real people. They're real people. <laughs> and they got in there with the cameras and they were filming their scene before the authorities found out and then chased the crew out of there going, you don't have permission to be in here, you're illegally filming. This kind of makes kind of guerrilla filmmaking it does <laughs> like you wouldn't think so when you've got like chris rock and samuel jackson involved it's like what is going on with this film well i mean from the sounds of it it's heavily heavily mixed up with the studio immediately because the studio don't know what they're actually wanting to do you know they want a saw movie because they want to make money and off oh, the saw franchise bring it back to life bring all the fans back in but they also know that the last three to four Saw movies have not done very well. No, Jigsaw did very, very well. Really? Yes, and oh, that I is mean, what I think did pushed them the to keep going. Yeah, let's keep going in a different direction. But let's it, keep changing. It did well, but it wasn't good. Yes, I agree. That's that's it. People had paid money to go and see the new Jigsaw movie and then came out going, that's a fucking pile of shit. So the, the, from, the, from, from my direction, the studio is like, we're going to make a lot of money from this, but let's not tell anybody really what's going on in the background. Let's just get them in the cinema to watch it. And so I, for me, I as well, I was kind of excited because I was like, oh shit, they're making a new Saw movie. Oh shit, it's called Spiral from the Book of Saw. Oh, I like that idea of new killers, you know, because, you know, John Kramer's dead. So we need, you know, like we'd seen at the end of uh, Final Chapter, we need like Carrie Elwes or Hoffman or like the Cult of Saw to come in. Um, oh, Chris Rock's involved. Well, I mean, I'm not too sure about Chris Rock writing a horror movie, but Danny McBride has just done it for, for Halloween. You know, he's got a writer's credit in there. He's producing and that's done well other than Halloween Kills and Ends. But we'll get to that. Um, so I'm like, okay, let's give Chris Rock a chance. But then I was reading about, you know, as, as, as the production was going on, I was reading that they were having troubles. They wouldn't go into details of what kind of troubles they were having. Um, but then finally it did come out. And this, like I said, this film starts with this fairground, with these fireworks. You don't know really where you are, but there's a man in a hat. Um, he is walking around and he gets bumped by this guy in a costume and the guy in the costume steals his woman's purse. So it turns out that the guy in the hat is a police officer. He chases after the guy, gets to an open sewer grate, is annoyed that he's got to climb down into the sewer. It doesn't bother calling him into backup. Oh, of course not. I mean, none of the police force in these movies do. <laughs> They're just gung-ho. No, that's it. Um, I think it turns out that actually he shouldn't have been there later on. I think we hear that he shouldn't have been there in the first place. But he climbs down into the sewers um, and while he's about to capture the guy uh in the suit he realizes it's a mannequin and then he's taken out and subdued and then he finds himself in the subway tunnel standing on a rickety piece of wood with his iron hands tied behind his back in barbed wire with his tongue in a vice yep and then this is the moment this is the moment where I'm going to guess maybe 80% of you would want to turn the film off yeah. and the rest of you would maybe carry on a little bit further because this is the moment. This is the moment. The moment the pig-faced 
thing is on the TV screen and the voice... Oh, God. When that voice kicks in, you are immediately removed from the film. Hello, Detective Boswick. I want to play a game. It is the worst choice they could have made. Now, granted, they wanted to be different, but it is sure as hell not better. This is perhaps the worst decision they could have made in this film. Yeah. It has no menace, no no atmosphere, no otherworldly kind of presence. It is. It sounds like the worst text-to-speech yeah. AI voice. Take a leap of faith and you will live. Only your weight will rip away your lying tongue and save you. Live or die. Make your choice. And it, it lacks anything. At least when Hoffman was recording his messages, he at least made them sound like John Kramer, Jigsaw, yeah. so that the police didn't know it was fucking Hoffman. This time round, and, and like we said, the studio's like, nope, you can't use any of that. It's fucking stupid, because they spend the rest of the movie going... Oh, well, is John Kramer back or is it a copycat? Well, obviously it's a copycat. It's not the same voice. It's not the same mask. This trap as well is so fucking ludicrous because how unconscious do you have to be to not feel that somebody's pulling your tongue out and attaching it to a vice? What did he do? Tie his hands first and then hang him up into the vice? Or hang him up into the vice first and then tie his hands? Because there's no real plausible way how you could allow this man to... Unless you balanced him on the wooden plank first, stuck his tongue in while he was there, then tied his... It's implausible! And I've just spent fucking hours watching eight movies trying to work out how these fucking traps are built, and they didn't make any sense. Now I'm on this one, I'm like, this is just fucking... Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to defend the movie. <laughs> here. Well, I'm not all of it. I'm no. just going to defend the production team here. Because, again, the director, he was just like, Hey, studio, I need some money because I really got this idea for an elaborate subway track trap. And Chris Rock went, Here's my checkbook. No, 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 he didn't. He was oh. like, I, I'm, I'm getting paid. Like, I'm, you're, you're taking my money for a dumb trap. Uh, and the studio was like, No, we don't have the money to shut down a subway station. Like, you're out of your mind. So he was like, right, uh, okay, so on a small budget, he managed to get a really nice matte painting oh, to go nice. at the back. Yeah. They got a forced perspective miniature set, so that the way the camera's positioned, so it's nice and symmetrical, so it looks kind of cool on screen, very cinematic, but that set was tiny. Yeah, and so it was. credit to the filmmakers for making it look like a full underground subway, you know, track. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the trap, you said, preposterous, the whole idea, and you know, and then the guy like spend, he half-heartedly well, plays with the well, trap. Well, he, 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 he's told that he's supposed to fall off the wood. And sever the, his tongue. And the thing will sever his tongue and he'll survive. But he doesn't. What he does is he rips his hands free of the barbed wire and then he tr attempts to undo the vice. Yeah. Which doesn't give him enough time because the train comes along and splatters him in bad CGI. Um, but you're in the movie at this point and so then we we cut the chris rock you know it's 2021 obviously we have to talk about wokeness um and he stood there talking about how um you know forrest gump um was mentally uh disabled and that you know jenny was a fucking bitch for only trying to get to him because when she had aids and i'm like what the where the fuck are what the fuck is going on here and she still wouldn't fuck him okay eventually they got together yeah after she got AIDS, as soon as she got AIDS, she's like, hey, Forrest. Chris Rock's a great stand-up comedian. I just don't expect a joke a minute That's in a Saw it. movie. That's what I was going to say as well. I was going to bring up. He 
literally just does Chris Rock stand-up throughout his whole script of this movie. Like, yeah. like there is a joke hidden in a lot of the things or just the way he acts is funny. And you're like, that's not supposed to be. You know, you are supposed to be a kind of burnt out cop who's going through a divorce. You know, what he says, he says to his partner at one point, oh, I'm not divorced. I'm going through a divorce. That's worse. It's like, <laughs> he's making jokes about divorce. <laughs> Man, the exposition dumps at the beginning of this movie. A every single bit of dialogue is just exposition dump, exposition dump, exposition dump. And it's like, these aren't two characters talking to each other. This is two people reading the bullet points of the script so that the audience knows yeah. exactly who we are. And it hits us with every goddamn police cliche and trope in the book. Yeah, like he, like he's in this robbery at the start in this hotel with these, with these criminals and they steal all the drugs, they steal all the money. He's acting over the top. I want everything! I'm like, nobody else in the hotel is gonna fucking notice you shouting that. He then they get in the car and they go down this elevator and as, as the car comes up, all the cops are there, right? And one of them goes, hey, Zeke. So then we cut to the fucking captain giving Zeke shit because obviously he's the loose cannon cop going off on his own. He's a detective who works for homicide, but here he is with drugs and robbery because he's trying to stop them from calling more, getting more, uh, killing more people. And if he, his cover hadn't been blown, then he would have captured more. But nobody knew he was undercover in the first place anyway. So he's lucky he didn't get fucking shot. And but then the whole time, he's angry at all the other cops in the department because none of them trust him. Because 12 years ago, I handed in my partner because he was a fucking corrupt cop. 12 years ago, I turn in a dirty cop. I get a medal for it. Big fucking deal. I also got a bullet and I got to look over my back for the rest of my career. Shut up! So now, now we all know where everything stands. Like Chris Rock is the only good cop in the whole world. In the whole world, everybody yeah. else sucks and is corrupt. Oh, except for his new partner. Which this film tries to be like, hey, you know what? <laughs> this Saw movie, it's a buddy cop movie. <laughs> it's like Training yeah, Day. It does, it's like Seven. It? You know, it's yeah. like Forty-eight Hours, and, and and here we go. But it's in a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, but the two of them don't have a single good buddy cop moment no no chris rock is a complete dick yes to this guy like right from the start because he doesn't want to babysit a rookie and the rookie uh max uh Minghella playing detective will shank he's so just like i'm coming off the back of eight fucking saw movies anybody who just happens to walk into this situation to join this group of people I'm immediately fucking suspicious of. I was suspicious of the buckethead guy in the last movie. I didn't even see what happened to him. <laughs> fucking towards him. So immediately fucking Shank walks in and I'm like, I don't trust you. Why are we, why, why do we have this partner here? We want to obviously follow Chris Rock. And Chris Rock is just like, hey, my dad used to be the captain of this department and he stepped down, played by Samuel L. Jackson. Our relationship's frayed as well. And it's like, it's like, there's all this story stuff going on, but yeah, to only being half-heartedly, you know, given to you. Yeah, Chris doesn't. Chris Rock doesn't like Samuel Jackson, and Samuel Jackson has been. What's he been doing for twelve years since he left the police department? Walking around with a, they both even say being well, a landlord. That's it. He, like he says, you forget who the landlord is. I'm like, yeah, is it you? Because I don't know. And then Chris Rock goes, well, we live in the same building, Dad, and you just kind of nodded to me like we're the only two black people in a baseball game. I'm like. 
is this supposed to be funny? I honestly yeah. don't fucking care. But they start to obviously investigate more of of, of these killings um, because they 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 get sent to the body in the um in the in the subway, and that's when Zeke is just like, oh, I don't know a homeless guy who's wearing a Fitbit and a wedding ring, um, and then they realise that um they get a package sent to him. And it's the badge of his part is well no he gets friend. the USB file oh. which sends him to the courthouse which sends him to the badge which leads them to believe that Boz his friend his old partner has been murdered horribly yeah not once in this whole movie does anybody do a DNA test no not once they honestly just look at a body part and a badge and go oh well, that must be a cop I was watching this film for the second... I've only watched this film twice. I watched it the first time, I hated it. And then I watched it now, which is the second time. And the whole time, I'm like, man, this movie would be so much better if you just allowed us to focus on the cops. Like, number two, you know, when, when Donnie Wahlberg was investigating his stuff with Jigsaw, you know, that was really good. The stuff in the house, we really didn't give two fucking shits about. But we wanted to know how the police... The, the police force worked in this city because a lot of the time they were really fucking stupid. So then Chris Rock comes along. The movie's supposed to focus on him. And I'm like, okay, we're going to get some good investigation, detective work, mystery. No, no, Chris Rock could literally walk in a room and go, there it is. And you just supposed to are supposed to buy it. Like like when he goes to meet his, his old partner's wife, you know, uh, and he gets there and he's like, I'm really sorry, and she's really upset. And then Shank just pops out and goes, Hi, I'm the new partner. And he just takes the flowers from him, doesn't he? He slams the door in his face. They yeah. walk out into the back of the garden, and he's like, Look, I'm going to find this guy. I'm going to find out who did it and get him for your bars because we were so close. Oh, by the way, can I take all of his electronic devices off of you? Because I really want to check, you know, all of his history. Honestly, the acting in these scenes is so mediocre. Or bad, you'll find your attention waning throughout some of these long, laborious, pointless scenes mm -hmm. of nothing. Yeah. Like, we don't even have kind of interesting scene transitions. No. No fancy edits. No. Nope. Just laborious, unfunny dialogue. And... It, and literally, you will zone out of the story because it's wafer thin anyway. The, the film already hit you with all of the exposition you needed. So now you're just kind of, like, dozing, waiting for the screams to start again. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Marisol Nichols plays Captain Garza. And she stands in front of the entire detective department. And she goes, right, okay, guys, we're investigating these new fucking... This Boz's boss, death. It might be a jigsaw copycat killer. Um, and so Chris Rock pulls her to the side and is just like, I want to be in charge of this case. You know, there's like a relationship thing going on between them and the captain. Like, that, like they might have had a sexual relationship in the past, but the movie doesn't bother bringing any of that up because there's some real tension between them. Like, they're really close. Maybe it's their relationship with his dad. Like, they've, they've known each other for ages. She's way too good looking. Like, like I'm looking at this woman like, man, you are really, really good looking. For a police captain. Well, she's very young for the position, but... Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, um, she then turns to the rest of the police department. And she says, right, okay, guys, everybody, uh, Zeke's now in charge. And they're all like, ooh. And she's like, oh, I know that none of you like him. And, you know, we don't really trust him because he technically is a rat. Um, and, uh, and that thing as well, I'm like, so you're all pissed off at Zeke for getting one of your brothers fired because he was a corrupt cop. 
And also, how long ago did that happen? From what he says, 12 years! That's a long time to hold a grudge. Yeah. And this has still not been resolved in this no. precinct? They're all the still police same? None of them? I'd be more pissed off that Zeke managed to get into the detective department that his daddy was the boss of. How did that work? Nobody bothered about that? No, obviously Zeke just walked in and Samuel Jackson went, come on, son, we'll work together, father and son. Uh, oh, man, it was... Samuel Jackson's performance in The Other Guys when he jumps off the building with Dwayne The Rock Johnson was better than his performance in this. Oh, yeah. yeah. His performance in anything is better than what it is in this. <laughs> you want to play games, motherfucker? All right. And so... Um, a couple of the cops, uh, I think it's Finch and Krause. I mean, I found it really hard to keep track of whose names were what. Um, they are sent to um, find out about this tweaker who was supposedly the guy who obviously lured Boswick down into the basement. Um, and that's where um, Finch is captured and put into, well, like uh, all the traps used to have like really cool names, you know, like the rack or the reverse bear trap, you know. This one, I, I had to name myself and I named it the water trap because that's all, in, because it's got water in it. Yeah, the electrical bathtub. The electrical bathtub trap. The, the, the finger fin breaker. Yeah. And and he's he, he's caught up in this trap um, and he, he sees the message again. And yeah, like you said, when that fucking voice, hello detective. Oh God, make it stop. Uh, I want to play a game with you. <laughs> you know, for fuck's sake, film, just, uh, you know, at least, I would have just, I would rather have just read a note <laughs> right. just hear this voice. Hello, Detective Fitch. I want to play a game. And he talks about, obviously, how the cop has got a, a loose trigger finger because he's got evidence that he shot a man um, in a car for giving him the finger. Like, where, where did he get that video footage from? Well, police dash cam, I guess. Well, I mean, we, we tend to know that... That uh, would be on police servers. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> I, we tend to know that the police, you know, there's usually somebody involved with the game. Yeah, so. that's, that's it as well. I'm literally just coming off the back of eight Saw movies. I can spot loose threads a mile away. Nothing in this film hides anything. You know, you it's just so blatantly obvious. And, um... And it, it like it, it cuts to Zeke and 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 Shank kind of the next day, and they get delivered the fingers. Yeah, and that's when they go back and they find uh, uh, Finch's body in the bathtub, and we get to see the flashes of him trying his best to he had to bite down on this thing. Yeah, to pull his fingers off before the water level rise and hit the electrical wires. Yeah, um, but just as he was biting down and getting his fingers ripped off, the water level rose and electrocuted him anyway. So he was too slow because he took too many breaks getting his fingers ripped off. Mm. So he dies. So he dies. And and so it's it, it's all jumping. Like, I know the last movie had bad flashbacks and yeah. bad time jumping. This one's got worse um, because they don't even attempt to really try to hide that it's not... Like, they try to do a flashback, but they don't try to hide that nobody is de-aged. So, like, there's that bit, isn't it, where, where we see his partner kill... Um, a guy. Yeah. For, for Oh, you saw this cop throw a guy off a roof? Yeah. Bang. You're dead. You shot him for that? Well, because he's he trying was... to protect his other police friends. By, by making more bodies? Yeah. But well, he, he came at me with a gun. He didn't... Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it, then... Then... What was it? Fucking Zeke 
he gets involved in a shootout, which is like his fucking naked gun, isn't it? He's on the radio. <laughs> He's like, I need backup, I need backup now, I need backup. And he moves along this wall while the other guy is coming right across there. the other wall. And you're like, what the fuck? But Finch is, because uh, it's a flashback, Finch is sat with his radio talking to O'Brien, you know, like, oh, we all just ignore him. And then fucking Zeke is almost killed, which pisses off the captain, um, which makes him injure Finch. But we see... Zeke and his dad in a flashback talking to uh, Grazia before she's the captain, and all they've done is turned his cap back. Yeah, I know. It makes it takes twenty years off, man, <laughs> <laughs> or twelve, or twelve. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the script needs it to be. Whatever the know. script will just turn. The... Oh man! At this point in the film, I was like the other detective that was working with them, who's just like, uh, I'm out. I got shit to do. I got shit to do. I'm out. <laughs> and he leaves the movie and never comes back. Yeah. It's like, oh man, yeah, he had the right idea. <laughs> like, is that the bit where he takes fucking Zeke's phone? Because I never, I don't. It's near around that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, I don't ever think I actually. Oh yeah, yeah, because he takes Zeke's phone because he uses it, and then he says, "Oh yeah, I'm heading home." And then the very next day, they get another package sent to them, which they open up, and it's this piece of skin with Charlie written on it. Now. We'd seen certain things as Zeke and, and, and Shank were driving around. Shank's dropping hints that obviously he's got a missus and he's got a kid um, called Charlie. And you see the tattoo on his arm. And then he calls him from his home. He calls Zeke. And Zeke's just like, oh, well, you know, it sounds like you got the problem with the baby. And, and Shank's like, oh, no, it's all right. I'm just looking into more information about the, the case and stuff. And then literally just fucking disappears. And so Zeke is now running around losing his mind because he can't find his dad. He can't fi- he can't stop these killings. He can't find his partner. Like like leave. Just quit. <laughs> just, <laughs> just quit your job and go because he you can. Were... He's the only good cop, man. Well, yeah, but if he's got any fucking sense, then he knows how this is going to play out. Because honestly, Hoffman. Fucking Dr. Gordon, Tobin Bell, they have gone through a police department like fucking eight movies ago. You're about to suffer the same fate, mate. But he, he comes under the, inf- uh, uh, the gets the information that he, the captain, she's going to be involved in another trap. Well, that was it. He, he got a riddle about losing his head. Yes. Should he continue yeah. the investigation? And then, oh, no, well, we get interrupted because some random police officer got stabbed or attacked by somebody wearing a pig mask. Yeah. So let's send the entire police force out to rescue that one cop. Yeah, the entire, the entire police force. <laughs> and so the, the captain says, well, I've got to head down into the basement to find something. And so she heads down and immediately sees somebody in a pig mask. Yeah. And instead of, uh, well... She pulls her gun, but the door shuts. So instead of shooting the guy with the pig mask, she decides to shoot the massive, huge metal security door from the inside. Did you notice the uh, the writing on the door? I did, it kept catching my eye. It's uh, Jules and Vincent. Guys, yeah, from, guys Pulp from Pulp Fiction. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. What was that? <laughs> Samuel Jackson go, hey, guys, I've got an idea. We should put the names of my characters from Pulp Fiction on there. Cause... But, um, so she shoots the door and it doesn't work. And then she gets tear gassed and knocked out. And the whole time I'm like, this is the basement of the police department. How the fuck did this motherfucker get in here unless he's got police access? Right. Well, they also find out later on that the cop that got arrested and did jail time, his badge number and access information is still in the system. Yeah. So it's like he could just, so it's like, oh, he's clearly the suspect then. And it's like, how can it be his partner? Because we actually go to see his ex, his ex-partner and he's, 
he's running an Alcoholics Anonymous group in a church yeah. and he sleeps yeah. in the church basement. And so you're like, well, obviously it's not him. You know, uh, there's no way that that can be even used as a kind of connection. And they even say at this point, or or at least I made the note that John Kramer never specifically just targeted a whole police department. You know, he would target cops individually, you know, that had been corrupt. He wouldn't attempt to destroy a whole fucking detective fucking section of a police department simply because there's a couple of bad ones in there. And, and to the point that, like, the, 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 the captain wakes up in the basement and she's lying on this thing and there's hot wax dripping on her face. And so the, the terrible jigsaw voice again says, like, um, you need to sever your connection because she had she had allowed all of this corruption to go on. That was the justification. You need to sever your connection to this stuff by severing your spine, which will stop the hot wax from dropping on your face. So you can either suffocate and die or paralyze yourself and then probably also die. Yeah, like how was she ever going to get out of there? She wasn't. These traps were not designed to re rehabilitate. These traps are not designed to give you a new appreciation of life. These traps are designed to punish and kill you barbarically. Mm. And uh, she struggles. You know, she, she cuts her neck multiple times, but yeah. there's no way she's going to paralyze herself. Yeah. And uh, we see her struggle. And then when they finally get the safe door open, well, she, she's dead already. Yeah, I mean, Zeke figures all this out. He, he races back. He realizes that the phones aren't working and all the police are gone and realizes she's not in her office and finds out that she went down to the basement. And as they get down to the basement and open the door, that's it. She's got this whole wax on her face. He seemed very emotional, a little bit upset. I mean, Chris Rock, Chris Rock was attempting to act. Attempting, yeah. Attempting. But then he goes and uh, to go and look at the, the the CCTV footage and it's like, well, somebody's hacked the system and removed a chunk of time so yeah. we can't see who put what in where. Oh, it must have been either Samuel Jackson because his stuff is still in, his yeah. access is still in there or it's your ex-partner from 12 years ago because his access is still in there and it's like, okay, well, let's go to the church and we'll find the fucking ex-partner and so he, he heads over there and he gets taken out by another, well, the pig mask yeah, dude yeah and uh he wakes up oh my god it's like his his pitch where he's handcuffed to a pipe and oh my god there's the saw, there's the saw. oh my god it won't cut through the chains no. whatever will he do we're gonna have to watch him cut off his hand oh but wait, oh, wait. this movie thinks it's clever and much smarter than the original movie because he goes oh look, there's a hairpin a <laughs> one hairpin i'm like that was put there well of course it was it's <laughs> because the, the 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 killer wants Ezekiel to get out of this trap so that he can face his old the person that he, he you know put to prison all those years ago. That's who's it. been set up in front of this giant glass mulcher, yeah. which is going to project all fire them into this room, and he's chained up in the middle of it. And so Ezekiel has to figure out the riddle to find the key that's in the bin because yeah. it's been thrown out yeah. and uh, and unlock it. But he takes so long getting to him. He also just keeps hiding around the corner as yeah, this glass does. just shreds this guy like a kebab. Well, I mean, he's told that in the message, isn't he? You can either leave him to face his fate or you can attempt to save him and damage yourself. And I'm, so he does. I'm like, this guy's done his time. He went to jail. Yeah, he, he knew did. he was wrong. He doesn't need to be punished. He's done his time. And, and that's no. the thing. So whoever is actually in charge of these games is just a fucking psycho. Or it's personal. 
Or both. A yeah. psychotic fucking personal fucking vendetta. And so when when Zeke realizes that his buddy's died, he literally just walks out a door into a huge room and finds Shank there. And it turns out that his new partner was the jigsaw killer. Um surprise. <sighs> and that he had he is the son of the guy who was shot by Zeke's old partner. Um, and he's been living with the memory of Zeke shushing him. So so the cop doesn't know that Zeke actually took took his partner in. Mm. You know, and, and, and sent him to jail. Like, how would he ever know that information? The last memory he's got is, is Chris Rock going, shh. Well, I guess, you know, criminal records, court hearings, you know, it's public information. Right, but like you said, the guy served his time, so then why fucking, why fucking put him in the trap other than just to murder him? Yeah, that's it, just to murder him. Just yeah. to murder and Revenge. And the, and the fact as well that he's, he's done all this, not just to get revenge for his dad's murder and take care of all the corrupt cops, but also to make Zeke feel the same pain that he felt. Because it turns out that he secretly, or no, blatantly, borrowed Zeke's phone, sent a message to Samuel Jackson to meet him at a place, then deleted said message out of the phone. So blocked the number. Blocked the number as well, which I'm like, nobody ever checks their phones. Like, Zeke just kept picking up. Dad, I'm trying, because we kept seeing him. Dad, I'm trying to call you. I'm trying to call you. I'm trying to call you. And, you know, the phone wouldn't say, this number is unacceptable. Um, I got an issue as well to bring up with the fact that the whole misdirection is that we never saw William Shank die no. in his trap. No. We just we we saw the the skinned body, yeah. and we have the skinned remains turning yeah. up in the box. Yeah. So I'm like, and he explains like, oh, actually, you know, I tattooed that guy before he, he even before or after he killed him, yeah. and then took the skin and put it in there. And I was like. Do you know how long tattoos take to heal? <laughs> and you certainly wouldn't yeah. have been able to tattoo a dead body because yeah. that doesn't work quite right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, and this happened the very next day. I was like, what? Like, I, I don't buy it <laughs> for one second. No, no fucking way do I fucking buy it. It's but, such bullshit because, yeah. it's, because that's the thing. Shanks just like, oh yeah, I, I don't have a kid. I don't have a wife. This, I, is, this is my life. This is my, my whole life since I saw my dad die was to join the police force and take you all down. You especially. Well, no, you especially. Dad. I want you. Um, I want you as my partner because. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you're the only good cop here, and I'm the only good cop here. So see things the spiral way, and let's clean up every police force in wherever we are. <laughs> and Chris Rock's like, you know what? Yeah, okay then. I'll, I'll buy it. I'll, I'll go with you. But he's like, well, I don't trust you just yet. So I'm gonna fire off some rounds. I'm gonna call the police and yeah. tell the SWAT team to get here and come with me because I've got a test to make sure you're actually on my page. Oh, and that here's gun, your dad. Yeah, that gun's got one bullet left in it because your dad fired one. I fired a bunch, and so you got a choice. You can either shoot me or you can shoot that sign and save your dad. Because he's bleeding to death right now and, well, he might not make it. So after some back and forth and a little bit more back and forth, he shoots the bullseye. His dad drops down yeah. and his dad's like, no, go and get him, go and get him. And uh, the SWAT team are making their way through the building. Ezekiel starts wrestling with William in the elevator. And then uh, and, and then when the, this is a huge continuity here issue here yeah yeah like, i mean you, you might not notice it but when the swat team get to the door they're soaring through it yeah and they are on the right side of the door yeah and then when you come to inside the building they're cutting through on the right 
side of the door, but they should actually be on the left, left side. side of the door. So you're just yeah. like, wait a minute, what? Hang on, mate. How yeah. are they cutting through that side? Yeah. <laughs> so they're cutting through the door, and Samuel Jackson looks at the door and sees another wire, and he's just like, don't cut through the door. And they do. And as they do, it, it, it pulls the wire, which pulls him up like this puppet. And we'd seen the puppet before in the movie. It's no Billy Puppet. It's Mr. Snuggles. It's a shitty, crappy, piggy fucking... In a police uniform. With, so he's saying something about the police. Oh, yeah. As uh, if we didn't already get it from we, this movie. Yeah, we didn't get, <laughs> they get it. They hate the police. They get it. Um, and Samuel Jackson gets pulled up on the strings because he's a puppet and, and the Jigsaw's the puppeteer. And then it, it, it makes this thing come out that looks like a shotgun, like he's armed. And so all the police force... Because obviously the police are aggressive. I don't know. Is it a, a message about America? Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> it's not very and, subtle and about it either. Because they literally just all line up as a firing squad and they just shoot the fuck out of Samuel Jackson, which, in William's eyes, is justification because now Zeke gets to see his own dad get shot, and as William escapes in the elevator while all the cops are distracted, he goes shh, just like Zeke did. And Zeke's left screaming, and it's the end of the movie. What? Like, <laughs> did, did he get away? Like, the, the whole SWAT yeah. team were right there. He just went down an elevator. Honestly, I, oh, I really man. wanted the next movie to be him, Logan, Hoffman, and fucking Dr. Lawrence. Yeah, all, all sat around a table. All going, sat around a table with fucking new people in a game. And trying to figure out how they all got... All of them just uh, have, have messed up John Kramer's teachings in ways. <laughs> They've all got got it wrong. Oh man, like I just I was so relieved when this film ended. Oh, like usually right. I'll sit through the credits, but the moment this film ended, it was off. off. Yeah. My God, it was painful to get through. So Ian, if you could, your favorite scenes? I honestly don't have any. I honestly tried. Because um, this, like I said, this is the second time I, I was watching this, so I was really taking my time to analyse it, to not be distracted by my hate, not be distracted by my phone, you know, to actually pay attention to the movie. Um, and I'd say, like, it's it's too easy to say that the favourite bits would be the traps again, but then again, the, the, the that's, a, that's a given. It's a saw, or not a saw movie, I don't know! It's a movie with traps in, so the traps are supposed to be good, but they're not really they're ludicrous and over the top and they make no sense of you know you know like we said the, the message that jigsaw is supposed to give you is that you appreciate your life and you learn from mistakes the cops in this none of them have a chance and the chances that they do have they fuck up anyway and they kill themselves anyway and it's so it's so ridiculous that by the end of the movie i was just i just didn't care i don't care about this no. Well, unfortunately, there are, for good or bad, there's some memorable parts to this film. And the first being the awful, awful big person videotapes and the horrendous voice. Like, you're going to remember it because it's so bad. Yeah. So bad. So bad. But if you don't act quickly, all that awaits you is this watery tomb. Live or die. Make your choice. Now, considering it's the exact same uh, makeup artists and you know those that have done all the all of the gory mess throughout the entire franchise, mm. same people responsible here, and they do a stellar job. All they of the do, gore, do, do. all of the corpses and the mess is fantastic. And I think 
for me, the splatter remains in the subway mm. might be the best in the franchise. Like, for the gore, the realism, the way it's lit. It's like, again, considering the sets and the limitations, I think they did a really good job there. So, kudos again to the, the makeup department. The hot wax trap, I think, was kind of cool. Maybe the film's highlight trap. Again, I, I, I appreciate its simplicity. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it's still absolutely baffling yeah. how why is there a giant wax machine down in the cold storage was it brought in just for this trap how yeah. long has it been there did he know it was in there therefore plan to use it for this trap like, stop thinking stop thinking yeah. <laughs> the glass breaker trap I thought was also pretty cool it was fun to just see all the glass shards flying everywhere and getting ripped to pieces and then the gory remains that was okay and of course the uh, the absolute best moment in the entire film was when that cop just went I got shit to do. Bye. Yeah, because that was like most of us in the audience going, take me with you. I don't know whether that guy was supposed to be in another trap later on because Ribby was cut, cut by the MPAA. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah, there's a couple of cops that you just never see again. Yeah. Really. They just... They died gruesome deaths, apparently. Well. <laughs> just like most of the audience. <laughs> Ian, do you recommend Spiral? I recommend Spiral Pasta. Because I think that goes well with bolognese and cheese. I recommend Spiral Salt and Vinegar Crisps. Because they're quite good, kind of cool if you've never tried them. I also recommend Spiral. I think it's from 2017. The satanic gay couple uh, movie. I do not at all recommend Spiral The Book of Saw. Um, it's a horrible, horrible cash-in from the studios attempting to get us to come back to the cinema to watch a series of movies that we'd kind of gotten a bit tired of like three movies ago. This is like this is like the remake Nightmare on Elm Street. You don't want to watch it, but you kind of feel like you should. And then when you do, you realize that you really shouldn't have. You know, this is like, Spiral is almost as bad as Spookies. Almost as bad as Spookies. Like, there's a fine line. Like, I could watch Spookies again because it's just fucking ludicrously stupid, you know? Why would I ever want to watch Spiral again? I don't I don't enjoy the performance by Chris Rock or, or Samuel Jackson. I, you know, Samuel Jackson I fucking love, but he is just... He's just on his own course in this movie and it just doesn't work because you can tell the director is trying to do something and he's just doing his own thing. Chris Rock... Again, he's doing his own thing. He's making far too many jokes. And then when he tries to make you feel for him when things happen, you don't care because you've got nothing to relate to him to. Any of the other side actors, they were really overshadowed by Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson. So it's really a shame on them. And like Gary said, the people in the background who did the special effects for the gore and stuff, who did try to make these traps, who at least attempted to make a Saw movie when they were blatantly told not to make a Saw movie. They are the heart and soul behind all this. So if, if, if you like that in films and you don't care about the performances, then go and watch Spiral for that and you might make some notes and go, I can make a better movie than this. Otherwise, no. Just don't. Don't watch it. Yeah, also no. <laughs> I cannot recommend Spiral from the Book of Saw. This was astonishingly awful. And I can't recommend it to anyone. Chris Rock was truly awful. So distractingly bad. He was one note, then he was over the top, mm -hmm. then he was shouting and joking and loud and sometimes looking absolutely drugged. 
Me? No. Fuck you. Boss is my family, man. You gotta let me take lead. At times, this just felt like a vanity project, as Chris really wanted to make a Saw film where he was the only good cop in a fully corrupt system. The story here is not worth paying attention to, just so long as you know all cops are bad, and you can tune back in when the death traps are back on screen. The film has some good cinematography, but it reverts back to the old formula of ugly filters, super lit greens and reds. It's horrible. It's cheap looking. And the editing here feels lazy, like it's on a timer. <laughs> Nothing special. The music was standard fare this time, you know, until the classic theme kicks in. But it felt stolen, like it didn't belong here, as the <laughs> film doesn't have the iconic Saw imagery. No Jigsaw, no Billy, no familiar faces, no Tobin Bell, no Saw. The horrendous voice that they chose for this, you know, the moment it begins, you know it's going to be painful to sit through. It was painful. I never wanted to watch this again. I can't recommend it. It might have a cool moment here and there, but for all its parts... I'm glad it's not called Saw, and hopefully can be kind of dropped out of the franchise as a really bad experiment at making a Saw film without being a Saw film. <laughs> Discover a new chapter. Don't. Or don't. Or don't. Or don't. Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews. I got shit to do, I'm out.